the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we work. We acknowledge and pay our respects to the Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet. We recognise their enduring connection to this land, their culture and their ongoing contribution to these regions. We also recognise and pay respect to the Elders past, present and emerging of the Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal nations. May we all continue to learn from and support their rich cultural heritage and work towards reconciliation and mutual respect with Australia's First Nations people. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Boys, you got to save me now because that game was awful. It was yeah, obnoxious. <laughs> oh, it's obnoxious. I think that's his middle name. It's crazy. The worst part for him is he can't play Fortnite this week. Aussie? Manjot, where are you, mate? Hey, I'm here. I'm here. Yes, sir. NFL? But what happened was sudden fumble. And that fumble cost me my entire week. Not I like how much. only Court and Sutton and Manjot Melly will remember that. <laughs> yeah. Fantasy. The fucking blue shell. <laughs> yeah, fucking. The PTSD from Mario Kart Wii, man. Good luck to both of you all, and I hope you come second. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. I don't want you assholes taking Gus Edwards. Uh, fuck you. For the Aussie Gridiron Network, this is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. It's a show where the best brains in NFL coverage for fantasy just converge. We, we all get together. Not me, although you know me, I'm Matty C. It's these two. It's these two. We've got... Taylor Goodall, he is the greatest fantasy mind right across the Southern Hemisphere. Welcome back to the show, my brother. We missed you yesterday. You missed me, but, you know, you probably didn't want to hear me on here after the vinegar strokes took down the lines last week in Astro. Had to go oh, straight here. Here we go. Uh, you might oh. cut my mic. I'll just try and get as many words in before I do. Uh, no. <laughs> Look, to be fair, I uh, if anything, I was more obnoxious about tipping than I was that uh, for some reason. But, uh, I just thought I'd point that out there for the people. Nothing else, must much else to say, uh, you know, other than just the two-time champ, back-to-back champ, just getting it done, boys. Well, it's, it's probably better for the podcast, really, because if you guys had won, uh, you know, I pretty much would have been out of it and yeah. like, you guys are still fine. So uh, it's probably better for the podcast that we're both still kicking. Got no idea how much Manjot and I wanted to, to shut the door of the two-time champ. Yeah, Only I could have so he was dead. That was it. Not because it's you, just because any competition it had been like, oh, that's what we need. We need to make sure the two-time champ doesn't get back into the playoffs. Just uh, kill that guy. Yeah. yeah 100%. <laughs> but speaking of this guy, Manjot Melly, only the premier voice of Gridiron in Australia up until this week when uh, Matty C is going to get a go at that. Uh, Manjot, thank you very much for letting me take your chair for a week. It's good to have you back after a big show yesterday. Yeah, it's good. Good to be back. You know, I'm just, just you know, excited to have a weekend off, go away for a weekend. Yeah. Even on my bus trip, get to watch Black Friday football. So not missing any NFL, but unfortunately missing some ATTG. If I have service, that is, on the way to the yeah. coast. Are, are you a little nervous about what I'm going to do to your seat, mate, <laughs> uh, in terms of just presentation and uh, and your viewership that you've grown? Nah, I've I've reached like multi million dollar offers at this point. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm bigger not too show. concerned. He's bigger than the show. <laughs> the chair's gonna look like Jack Browning after he drops a few farts on it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I am the show, by the way, Maddie. Just wanted yeah. to say that. 
100%. They definitely don't tune in for me, mate. But uh, look, here, they definitely tune in for you guys. You bring the best coverage in in two ways. I think Manjot's got the real uh, weird scientist, you know, the big cerebral thinker thing going on. Tay's got the, uh, let's let's break it down stats-wise and, and let's get the punt on kind of. Uh, I kind of love that there's that going on. And then you get okay. me in the middle just poking you both because fuck it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> poking bears left, right and centre. <laughs> fuck it. I, speaking of poking, I've been poking around the mailbag, so we've got that coming up. I'll drag it in in a minute. Uh, but today we get a great visit from the doctor doing the house call. Tay, I just wanted to catch up with you on this one real quick and give you a small window because you missed this yesterday. Yep. Major and I brought back what gets my goat. Do you have one thing you could throw in there that gets your goat a bit of fantasy uh, this year? Ooh, I'll think about it during the mailbag, if that's all right. Yeah, okay, let's do it. Where's the mailman? Need some advice? Would you rather have a small slice of a lovely cake? Who has the mail? Or would you rather a huge piece of a dog shit cake? Thanks to your questions at Pastry Press NFL. And Aussie NFL Fantasy. I guess this is kind of a shit cake, but it can be a decent cake too. All right, so the mailbag, I've got a couple of people to help out here, and I know you guys are the best people to do that. Manjot, I'm going to kick you for the first one here because we're wide receivers, right? So you're probably the person to go to on this one. It's from Allegheny Jim, and he says, uh, I drafted him thinking he'd be a wide receiver too, but now I don't really know what to do with Deontay Johnson. Help. Oh, man, I'd be panicking. But there is a bit of a silver lining because Matt Canada got fired. Woo! Let's go. Yes, yeah, Matt <laughs> Blame Canada. Gone. Blame Canada. <laughs> They're not even a real country anyway. <laughs> Send him to Canada, boys. Yeah, he's been shipped <laughs> off already. That guy might be learning Chinese and French and Japanese at this point because those are the only places that will accept him. He's the most hated man in America, and for good reason. And now Deontay Johnson, who didn't have a touchdown with Matt Canada as an offensive coordinator until a few weeks ago when I took <laughs> him the start of the week, by the way, boys. Yeah. Uh, before that, he didn't have a touchdown like 600 or so days. So there's a lot of concern around the touchdown numbers. But, you know, I still think he's a good floor sort of player. Still think they're going to feed him quite a okay. bit. Honestly, I, I, I'm going to say Deontay's going to bounce back. He's still kind of recovering from his hamstring injury. Stopped it in week one as well. So, yeah, I think he's going to bounce back without Canada there, with a more creative play caller there. I think it is time for Deontay to shine. Release Deontay. Hey, Tay, are you on the free Deontay bandwagon here too now, or are you got more concerns? Because Manjot, he reckons a clean bill of health, mate. It, it honestly is hilarious. I don't know why. I've thought about it a few times about how Manjot, when he had him as that start of the week, just is the only week he's just been doing anything. Like, And, and, and it was one of those games where he just got everything that night against the Titans. And and he just looked awesome. Like it looked like he, they were just going to keep going to him week to week. I picked him up in a couple of leagues after that because I just thought this guy. Why would he not just keep getting ten to twelve targets every single week? Because yeah. that's what he does best. He's never been like a huge, obviously touchdown guy. Like the manager just said, it was the first touchdown he got in yonks. But I just felt like he was a floor play, and that he was just going to get targets every single week. And the last two weeks have just been horrendous. Like, and the problem is, like that whole offense has just been pedestrian. Yeah. I know that the what the reason you would be starting him is the optimism of a new OC. Like, okay. that, that is literally all you'd be doing it for. Because the last two weeks, like, I would have been benching him for sure. Like, if nothing had changed, 
there would have been no reason to see anything changing moving forward because this offense is just pedestrian and they don't move the ball. I would be tentative to start in this week. Obviously, it depends on your options and your team. I would probably wait. Don't drop him, but I no. would probably sit him and just see what happens with the change because if all of a sudden, you know, they're moving the ball a bit better and Deontay Johnson getting a bit further up in targets towards the 10 mark, then then you've got yourself a good, you know, four PPR play every single week. I can't imagine that you're going to find something on the wave wire now that's got the potential floor and the potential ceiling of Deontay Johnson all the time when the offense is yep. working all right. Because this week in every league now, the trade deadline's about to expire. So that's that's kind of what you're up against is you either own it or you got to find it on the wave wire. There's nowhere else to get it from. And if you're not going to keep it, it releases it to free market. You definitely don't want to do that until you've seen it. So yep. that's probably fair. Sorry, can I just quickly rewind the tape? Did you drop a yonks? He hasn't done something <laughs> in yonks? <laughs> Drop the yonks in there. That's amazing, by the way. Oh, so, man. for our American viewers, <laughs> yonks is a long time ago. Okay? Don't know why. This is. Okay? Classic Aussie flag. Classic Aussie. Um, okay. So, Allegheny Gym. And I think Allegheny, I think that's the river, that one of the rivers that flows through Pittsburgh. So, I think this is yeah, the Pittsburgh local, is. right? It is. There you go. Yeah, Geography right there. Coast. I've been doing a bit of cramming for a, uh, for a quiz thing that happened through the week. <laughs> uh, so, there you go. They, they, that's... Uh, a bit of hometown boy. We're not nervous, man. So maybe you shouldn't either. Good luck. Ooh, again, I Jim. don't know, Jim. I don't know about that one. I mean, he could have been passed interference or. You doing a Tony Romo? Yeah, I'm doing. I was trying. I was trying. <laughs> I know, Jim. <laughs> Coming past interference. <laughs> you got to get the husk on. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Like a that. lot of Thanksgiving, both of them. Dallas I'll- Cowboys game too. Yeah, yeah. I like Manjot doing color commentary. That's really funny. I haven't seen Manjot do the color commentary before. That's really good. We'll come back to that. <laughs> uh, next one's from Sonny and Sherbert. <laughs> That's pretty good. Sonny and Sherbert. <laughs> you know, Instagram, it gives me belly laughs. Not just the, the funky little gifts and, and videos, but um, <laughs> there's some really good handles out there. Okay, Sonny and Sherbert, have you any nerves starting Justin Herbert this week? Against Baltimore. Tay, he's your husband. Uh, yes, I do. Um, <laughs> it's it's just not been great. Uh, obviously, the Kellen Moore experience, I don't, you know, I don't blame him. I still think moving forward, it's going to be something that's going to work for, for Justin Herbert. But, okay. man, like, I, I've had my concerns about Herbert. There's definitely been some games on the eye test that, I think finally, like, we need to sort of consider, like, if, if things haven't been great with him instead of just blaming everything else. But that game last week, my God, did his team sell on him. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was even guys like Austin Eckler were just like dropping Keenan Allen. things that they never would drop. Yeah, Keenan Allen, and then don't even get me started on Quinn and Johnson. <laughs> like, that, <laughs> oh, it, we're not even having awesome. this conversation. Like, if, if he just catches that ball, they win, and we're just fine with them at five and five. And uh, I don't think there'd really be any concerns over her, but. I guess that's a reason why you would probably still have optimism is like, hey, you know, he just catches that easy pass and things don't look as bad. But Baltimore's defense have been amazing. I believe they are number one against fantasy quarterbacks on the season. So yeah. that, that that's going to be really tough. Like, so I think there are pivot options, honestly, for Herbert this week. But the thing is, like, most people that have Herbert probably don't have a backup that, that well, I would consider good enough. Maybe there would be, but... 
Look, if you've got Herbert, you're probably fine riding him, but I just wouldn't expect a ceiling play this week. Yeah, they had a pretty early bye week, so if you did have a backup for Herbert, that's long gone, right, man, Like, And what are you looking yeah. at on the waiver? Aiden O'Connell? Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm in the one player per position league, the 100K shotgun league, that I ask you boys for advice all the time. I've got Herbert in that league. So, boys, yeah. do you yeah. really think I can actually find someone decent on there? Nope. I mean, I can have, like, a quick, the quickest look in the world right now. Who's, like, an actual quarterback on this way? This is a 20-team league, man, Joel. The 21st quarterback mm-hmm. is not going to be as good as Herbert against the, yeah. the that's Ravens. The that's the that's it. So you can't drop that's him. That's it. I actually can't. And, and if I drop just him, have to someone's ride claiming it. him. Someone's claiming him in, like, two seconds. So... Look, the, the best options I've got here, Derek Carr, Derek oh. Ritter, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Gardner Minshew, Bryce Young. These are, like, listed by points this season. So yeah. that's why they got, like, Burrow and, like, Cousins up the top as well. What's a collective like, noun for that group? I was going for a bucket of assholes. That's the yes, first thing that, I well, know with those names. Let's take our boy Gardner Minshew out of that first. Yeah, yeah Gardner's excuse. Gardner's excuse. Yeah, I'll watch my mouth out on Gardner Minshew because he's my boy. He's my boy. Yeah, well, Gardner's played less games than half of them and he's still got, like, nearly yeah, exactly. the same points, right? So, like, who gives a fuck about Gardner? Because like, it's uh, November. Uh, That's why, mate. Like, yeah. Gardner would actually be better than the rest of them. But, yeah, I'm not dropping Herbert for, like, no. these sacks of shit. No. Honestly. Correct. Especially not like Mac no, Jones. Because you fucking hate Mac Jones. Oh, my God. It's not so and much it's not so much a question about anyone like playing him over and like didn't you know sorry having anyone play over him. It's just more of like a you know well what he's going to score this week and what your expectations are. Uh, I just wouldn't have huge expectations for him. I don't think this is oh. the game that he fully breaks out in or anything like that. But like as we've just gone through some wave wires and things like that, I just yeah you're not going to be playing anyone over him. No, nope. wait till we get the starts of the week tomorrow. And if you can think of any of those guys, then maybe you trade him. I don't know, but uh, fuck, make someone else I, live with it and try and get someone <laughs> on the floor. There know. are some guys with good matchups and things in that sort of range that I would maybe consider. But your league would have to be a situation where, like, you've got a big enough bench that you'd be able to have Herbert and yeah. this guy yeah. on there, and it would be someone that you would already have, not someone that you're probably needing to go to the waiver wire and get. It's just, like, if you someone had come to me and, like, let's just even say it's, like, Herbert and Brock Purdy. Like, Brock Purdy, to me, is always a chance of being someone you would start just because he's, like, an okay. easy 202. Uh, and obviously, with his all his weapons, he's just been amazing. So questions like that, mm-hmm. I, I, I would sort of have a think. But yeah, like if it's guys like Manjot just said, there's no way I'd play any of those guys over Herbert. No, no, not yeah, a blind fit. I don't care how drunk you got me. There's no, <laughs> 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 and it wouldn't take long because I'm only very little and I don't drink much. So, <laughs> uh, Sonny and Shebert, I think we're saying yeah, there's nerves, but what the fuck are you going to do? Like. Okay, in a standard league, I've never seen so many teams in standard leagues this year as a default to have a second quarterback. Just have one because quarterback's kind of been really weird this year. But you still, who is your backup, right? I mean, if it is one of these mid guys, well, fuck, you, you can't expect that they're going to be better. That's all I think. 
I think you just got to ride him and hope that it gets to garbage time early. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Second quarter is just a sling fest. 60 passes. That's what you want. Uh, you just got to hope the receiver's hands don't have hands like a digital clock. <laughs> That's it. You need a whole yeah, team of pickings out there. That guy can catch it. Yeah, no injuries as well, man. I mean, what yeah. was it? Burrow in like, he got 8.74 points in like a quarter and a half as well. And he's like a guy you can compare to Herbert in terms of like eliteness at QB. So there's a lot that you can say, yeah, it, it'll be tough um, really for Herbert this week. But I'm still going to start him. Like I'm not even going to like but- bench my like, like cut my defense and my kicker when I'm allowed to do it in that league. I'm still just going to start Herbert over any of those guys. Dynasty where I've got Herbert and Burrow. So this is kind of funny. That you go, oh, these two are about comparable and eliteness. Do you know how hard it is to pick when they're both healthy who to start? It's a nightmare. <laughs> Fucking nightmare. And so I don't yeah. love that I've got to start Herbert this week. But, yeah, it's a dynasty. I'm not thinking necessarily about one week at a time all the time. Um, oh, third question, real quick, from Matty C. Pacheco oh. or Warren? Oh, Tay. <laughs> Jesus. How He's topical. Who's <laughs> <laughs> <Hey>, Matty C? <laughs> I'm joking. I totally wrote that down because he had a huge talk off mic before the yeah. show, and Taylor had this trade going. Do, do you want to quickly tell this story? Because I think it was quite funny. Well, I'll start it quickly. My brother offered me Travis Kelsey for Singletary and Ty Chandler. And after doing extensive research to see if Taylor Swift had broken up with him or something, uh, I decided (laughs) to smash accept on that. Uh, But then all all of a sudden, I was very, very weak at running back. I basically had two starters and that was it. Uh, So I went into the market for a running back and and found whoever had Mark Andrews and offered them one of my three tight ends and another piece to try and get a running back. And they had both Pacheco and Warren. So I basically said, well, I don't really see a huge difference between either of those guys. I'm just going to send the same offer for both uh, separately and uh, just see if, you know, let him essentially make the decision uh, on who he'd want to give me. And then uh, all of a sudden, about I don't know, half an hour later, I got the ping, except I didn't, I couldn't see on the app, on the app who it was for. And honestly, I asked myself, who would I have rathered? Uh, him had picked and I honestly didn't know the answer. <laughs> I was like, I, I seriously just didn't see a difference between them at all. Uh, and I eventually go. realized that he'd given me Pacheco and I was fine with it. Yeah, there you go. So there you go. Just this asshole, Matty C, uh, throwing <laughs> in the, <laughs> hey, try and split these two. Anyway, yeah, screw that guy. Hey, uh, thanks for doing that one with the mailbag. I've also just got to stick with you, Tay, for a sec. Have you had a little chance to marinate about the yep. thing that got your goat this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what you guys said, so I don't know if I'd just be like saying. Oh, do you want me to summarize? Yeah, I mean, yes, sure. Sir. Like what what I was going to say, like even if you had talked about it, it's probably the main thing that I've noticed this year that sort of hurt fantasy. But I mean, you guys can sort of mention what you guys said. Yeah. Okay. Well, so Major, your first thing was you've got a passionate distaste for something. Yeah, those fucking eagles. I hate the eagles. <laughs> I hate how good they look. I'll- I, I have been on the record, too. Not only are they good, but they're lucky, man. I just hate that shit, you know? All right, oh, man, Griffith, settle down. <laughs> yeah, anyway, anyway. Second thing was like, <laughs> oh, I hate fantasy this year just because it's so, like, little scoring this year compared to last year. Just been a mess. 
Totally. And I hate the uh, pretty much the same thing. Just trying to set your running back and wide receiver combos every week is difficult. Everything other, like even the, the quarterback and tight end decisions haven't been hard this year terribly. It's just the running back and wide receivers have been nightmares this year, especially with all the injuries. All the, you know, I think concussions have had a fair bit to do with it too. A lot of players miss a week with concussions. And then all the lingering, oh, questionable, questionables, and you just never know if a player's going to go or not. Uh-huh. I think their teams have been doing that a lot more this year. So that's been difficult. So I guess that's the I hate fantasy. And I also hate the 49ers. So there you go. We, that, that was the summary. <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> I'll, uh, I guess I'll be sort of touching on like bits and pieces of what you sort of said. My main gripe for fantasy this year has just been – the shit quarterback play. Like, and it's really, yeah. really been tough. And it's hurt a lot of wide receiver ones uh, on the year. Like, don't, like Garrett Wilson has just gone from basically a perennial pick of everyone's to be basically top 10 this year to yep. just unplayable. Well, last last week, he legitimately had minus fantasy points um, in a game where they were down the entire way. It, it, it just oh. completely is ruined, guys. Amari Cooper has just been hemorrhaged by every single week you feel like things are going to happen for him. And then he's caught. Someone goes down, you know, Deshaun Watson all of a sudden isn't playing and it's a backup. And now it's their, basically their third string, you know, quarterback playing now Pretty who well. has really struggled to to throw anything more than like 10 yards downfield. And it's just completely ruined Amari Cooper's ceiling to a point where you actually have to consider playing someone else over him. Um, you obviously look at DJ Moore, like, He's a great when Justin Fields is there, but Fields just barely been there. And and it's just been one of those things where it's either been the starters out or the player that they've had to use in that position has just been terrible. And it's not yeah. like uh, it's not like they're getting eighty percent out of the quarterback that's taking over. They're getting like twenty. Like it's the the difference between starting level quarterbacks and backups seems to be an enormous gulf at the moment. It. it it's like there isn't more than 30 people on this planet that can play quarterback. It's like if you're a backup, you are god-awful. That's yeah. how it feels. Like there is just yeah. – I would have assumed that backups wouldn't have been like absurdly – I know it's the hardest position in sports, and I know it's probably the position in sports that matters the most, but I would have thought there would have been better backups than this. I, I just really did. And like the, some of these injuries to the starters has just destroyed wide receivers and fantasy this year. Probably fair too, because some of the starters that are healthy are still not very good, like Desmond Ritter. So. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's a mix of shit starters <laughs> and, and shit backups. So honestly, like there's, there's been starters that have been terrible too. Like it's not even uh, just backups. Yeah, um, I mean, look, Baker Mayfield's been completely unplayable <laughs> just all year round. Well, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, you looked at Ryan Tannehill for the Titans for the first five six weeks. Like yeah. he was, he, he was just supplying turds out there. Like, here's a turd. Mate. Here's a turd. There's a turd. Like, <laughs> a generous description so for what he was serving up, mate. That is a very generous description. <laughs> oh, exactly. It was just Should sloppy, awesome, jalopy man. turds. Here you go. Here you go, Hopkins. Ah, oh, Hopkins. Jeez. Oh, we we yeah. spent a month waiting for him to do anything. We, did, we didn't even know if he had a pulse. So he's been on our Pacery State Lions team since draft day. And, um, oh, God. Levis is the best thing that's happened to him. Yeah. Surprise I couldn't trade, trade him. him. You, you're like, there's no market for him. You should drop him. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> thank God. Uh, thank God he didn't listen to my But even then, in the last couple of weeks, he's still been a dirtbag. Um, like, even, yeah. sorry, even just Devontae Adams, too. Like, he's just gotten nothing. He's like, the poster Jimmy, child for this segment. Jimmy G is just, I don't know. He's been horrendous. He's been busy fucking brooding porn stars and shit. He, he just has Yeah, facts. Him. And then Aiden O'Connell yeah. was 
as like again, I'm not really here to bag the rookie quarterbacks. Like if anything, no. like, I feel like you would expect growing pains with them. And Aiden O'Connell's kind of been, if anything, he's probably been better than Jimmy G for him. But the problem right. is, he's, he's a rookie and he just he makes so many mistakes and they have, they end up off the field so often that they just don't get the opportunities to actually you know, mount much of an offense uh, with him. So, yeah, it's just a lot of these wide receiver ones that you just normally would be just set and forget starters. You're still kind of playing them, but you don't feel great about it. Mate, uh, what I heard from what you didn't say there is free Brian Hoyer. Is that what I heard? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was really deep in there. Yeah. Oh, I was searching man. for nuggets, mate. I was searching for nuggets. Okay, so uh, let's add that to the list of things that have got our go. The quarterback Funnily play. Funnily enough, Brian Hoy supplies nuggets. <laughs> I bet he does. Quarterback play, especially once you get out of starters, ass basket. So we're going to add that to the list. Thank you for contributing. I couldn't let what gets out go get away without giving you a little chance to get on your soapbox there, brother. No, absolutely. love it. The problem is it needs to be a strong soapbox or I advise I just fold it. <laughs> After <laughs> the talk about elephants in rooms last week, <laughs> which is hilarious, by the way. Uh, and now, speaking of in the room, we've got Manjot in the room. We've got you in the room. We're going to have Doctor Good Call coming in in a minute because he does house calls on a Saturday. Uh, Manjot, you're here for it, yeah? Yeah, I'm here. Maddie C is here for it because you know I don't know what happened if Maddie C wasn't here. I can't remember what happened last year when I broke my arm. What happened? So, uh, pray that never happens. Tay, you're here for the Doctor Good Call segment this week, right? Yeah, I was going to be, but it looks like a tsunami's coming. For some reason, it looks, I don't know if this is just a victory thing, but it looks like the moon is about to collide with the earth and it's creating a tsunami. So I probably should just check it out. I'll probably be right, you know, as I do. I'll, I'll probably just surf it. Um, so mm. I'll, I'll be back soon, guys, I promise. Okay, okay. Well, we'll keep your seat warm and we'll get the doctor in. Uh, yeah. Okay, I've I got to say, i got to say as a nerd right now, uh, as someone who studied physics, I'm pretty sure the moon, moon's actually moving away from the Earth. It is. I, I, it I, is. I, I, so, it is so I, That's what makes this so crazy. Whoa, okay. <laughs> okay, I was watching a video on that today, not going to lie. <laughs> I've, I, I've watched about a trillion videos. My wife keeps laughing at me about it as well because there was like some video about what would happen if the moon actually well, did collide with Earth. Uh, and it was like yeah. these guys on motorcycles or something and then there's just ma- this massive wave. Uh, funnily enough, it, uh, the moon actually can't hit the Earth because it would shatter before it hit it. But apparently it might be happening now. It's happening in Fig Tree. Everybody, remember where you were. This date, <laughs> write whatever, it down. Whatever happens if Fig Tree stays in Fig Tree, boys, we all, we all know that famous saying. Well, if I can wait, there's zero chance of me going to Fig Tree at the moment with the rate of natural disasters. <laughs> but look, yeah. I, I seem to survive them. I seem to survive them. It's amazing. You should start up a business in disaster tourism. You can take all the photos from it and sell them. There you go. I've just started well, some commerce for you. It's just crazy that every week these disasters seem to get foiled within about a 45 to 50 minute period. Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) Every week. Set your watch to it. (laughs) In today's busy world, it's hard to have it all. Who has time to do all the analysis and decision making for your fantasy team? Probably not you, but we can help. Whether it's positively diagnosing players with fantasy leprosy, or helping you find the players who are on the verge of being fantasy legendary. There's only one name in all of fantasy you can really trust. Make an appointment with Dr. Good Call. 
The Saturday show means the doctor is here. Love when you make a house call, doctor. Welcome back. Thanks, mate. I had to make a, uh, a house call to one Taylor Goodall last week, and um, <laughs> he looked like shit. Yeah. yeah. And not just his uh, picks and starts of the week, just he as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, just. We can bag him. He's not here. <laughs> the guy just looks like a turd, let's be honest. <laughs> we're, allowed, we're allowed to bag him. He's not here. He won't hear. He doesn't listen to the show, Taylor, at all. Like the massive turd that Randy Marsh did in South Park for any South Park fans out there. Uh, <laughs> so many Curics. Unreal start here. We're, we're off to the turd jokes. We love that. <laughs> so, uh, As we do. T- Taylor had planned to be here, but, um, well, you know, he's not. So, uh, But Manjot and, and myself, we... What, we what natural with- disaster hit him this time? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I was barely listening, mate. I don't know. Yeah, I don't listen. It's some tsunami or some bullshit. Like, he doesn't know, like, the gravitational pull of the Earth and the moon. Can't be real, man. Cannot believe that the moon's colliding with Earth. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah, the only less believable than a tsunami in fig tree is a tsunami in Canberra since we're two hours from the fucking coast. So Pretty crazy stuff happens in that fig tree town. <laughs> I mean, it's a bit like Roswell by the sound of it. All sorts of weird <laughs> shit going on out there. <laughs> Getting <laughs> so famous. It's almost like he makes it up. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that. I mean, no, there's one thing we know about Taylor. Far-fetched. He speaks for truth. Yeah, um, it's a bit too far fetched. Yeah, they're pretty hard on the double F at the end of truth in Fig Tree, mate. <laughs> mate, big week for you. You had um, the good medicine segment where you pick a player from each position across the, the four starting positions in fantasy. And, uh, mate, it was a heck of a week for it coming off the back of your quarterbacks. You want to run through? Give us a little insight of how you travelled. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a pretty good week again. I've been pretty happy with the last say month, and and especially at quarterback, it there was a period there where I felt like I was getting really unlucky. Like I felt like the analysis was good. I felt like some some of my players were scoring early, and then the game scripts were sort of like stopping them from having good second halves, and I was losing by like say half a point or a point from the actual line I was setting. So. I didn't feel like I was ever off the pace. It was just one of those things I just couldn't get the it, – it's sometimes hard in a four-point passing touchdown you know, situation that if they get two early ones, you kind of need the third to really push you up over that like 16, 17-point range or you need a shitload of yards, which means you basically need to be losing the game. So it was, it was a bit hard there for a while, but uh, obviously it took BCB. Uh, you know, as soon as you're struggling at buddy quarterback, you just put a, you know, inject a bit of a big cock rock into your life and you're hey. absolutely laughing. And uh, he was up against Tampa, 28th against the quarterback position. <clears throat> he was only 34% started, which honestly, mo- that's about where he is most weeks. Yeah. So uh, I-, I really thought that he was going to have a good game in this one. Uh, the Tampa really haven't been able to stop you know, many quarterbacks and, and they're just really easy to pass on. They're a bit of a pass funnel defense. So I thought that was a really, really good opportunity for him. And, you know, he, he smashed it. It was a great week for him. It's been a bit of a staple the last few years for Tampa too. It's hard to run on him, but my God, yeah. he can pass on him. And uh, that's how people have been making the hay for about three years on him now. Um, and yeah. I, I don't know, it's almost like Brock is all of a sudden in, in fantasy terms, almost like the Gino and Goff from last year, where it's like, mm, any week could be a good week for him. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just uh, like when he has all these passing weapons, it, it, it's not always the best for them individually. Like sometimes it makes it a bit hard picking who's going to have the, the big week. But last couple of times, he's sort of just fed everyone and it's just helped his numbers completely. Like they've all kind of just shared it. 
Uh, it's funny, Debo seems to be the one that's sort of missing out a bit. Yeah. But then he still mm. seems to be the glue that helps, though. Like, when he was out, you missed it. So, like, it actually was hurting Purdy. They uh, lost every was, game after he went out. It, it's, it was a thing that was hurting them as a team, <laughs> but it seemed to be hurting Purdy as his, for his numbers, too. So, I think even if Debo isn't always the one getting the passes or actually helping Purdy in that situation, he seems to just be helping in general just by being there. So, yep. I think when they're all there, they just sort of take pressure off each other. Uh, and then he's just got so many weapons to pass to. It almost feels like he's in a situation where he can't fail. Like me on a line of 17 and a half, he goes and throws up a whopping 26 plus. Um, so really nice call there. And Manjot uh, took you, you over for everything. So if you succeed, he succeeds. Ding, ding. Yeah. How about yeah. that? Got to be happy Dang. with Dr. Goodcall. No, well, I know a bloke yeah. who isn't happy with Dr. Goodcall because I took the under. And um, I'd like my money back. <laughs> that sounds like a you yeah. problem. Yeah, Just does. eat it, it Batty. <laughs> yeah, he's got to eat that one. It does. Yeah, I, was like, gotta... I, I didn't care how low the line was. I was going the under. I'd call my shot. <laughs> yeah, you thought he you thought he was packing a walnut, but he was packing a buddy anaconda. I went for the other one. I went for Big Crack Brock, uh, BCB. Yeah? <laughs> That'll catch yeah, you on your watch. That's the classic name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then into running back. Mate, this is one of those things, and you said this last week. In fantasy, sometimes you've got to stay water. Two weeks ago, you're championing one of the players from this team as a fantasy fade. Now, at the same position, this week you come in with a guy as, like, your good medicine as a running back from the Browns. Talk us through it. Yeah, so I felt like I was for a while there, like you mentioned, sort of championing Kareem Hunt because it, it obviously Jerome Ford was either out or he was coming back from an injury. And I just always felt like that uh, Browns running back situation is something you want to target, especially in good matchups. And this was an amazing matchup this week. And you had seen the week prior to this that they had gone to Jerome Ford far more than Hunt. And to me, that just was signaling that that's what they wanted to do. Obviously, the younger guy, the guy that was the incumbent, he was the number two before going out and obviously getting Kareem Hunt you know, off the couch, basically. Uh, so I thought that it was shifting towards Jerome Ford and he was still getting, you know, only started by like something like 40 percent of uh, fantasy players. So I thought that was a really good one to target. And, you know, he goes out there and scores like 11.9. It was really funny. He, he got those points pretty quickly. Uh, and, and if anything, they actually started turning to Hunt again. Um, it was a bit, it was a bit odd. They they kind of shared the workload again, which honestly is fine. It, that doesn't really bother me. There's enough there, obviously, um, for to be a good start. So I just thought there was a good opportunity of the matchup. Uh, he still put up eleven point nine, which was over the line that we had for him there. So happy days. Yeah, mate. One nine point five. Man, shot. Did you take the over or the under? Do you remember? I took the over. Yeah, you said you I did. took over on Classic. everything. Mm, yeah. So you succeed. Along with Dr. Good Call there. Very nice. Uh, that's one where Matty C took the over. Whoop, whoop, joining in. A rare moment. Ding, ding. <laughs> A rare From here, it gets ugly for me, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the, the wide receiver was a, a tougher one this week because you're sort of taking a really situationally specific happening. Talk us through it. Yeah, this one was one I wasn't exactly too disappointed to miss out on because there was clear reasons why it happened. Uh, obviously, I took Tyler Boyd because it felt like to me there were some numbers that were showing that he was very reliable when either T. Higgins or Demar Chase was out. Uh, Higgins was out of this game, so 
I thought he would definitely step up, uh, but you lose your starting quarterback in the first half. It just it completely threw off everything. And and what I've ob- what I've noticed with backup quarterbacks when they basically get called on halfway through a game is all of a sudden like Trenton Irwin was getting targets, and I think that's because in practice their backup Browning would probably be practicing with Irwin, like a guy like Irwin. And I think all of a sudden he doesn't actually look at guys like Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd as guys to target. He targets guys that he's probably practiced with a bit. So it's funny how that worked. Again, that's just sort of something that I feel like happens a bit. Like you kind of get rattled by the fact that some backups all of a sudden target guys you wouldn't expect in their first game. I I think moving forward, he'll obviously start, you know, targeting Chase and Boyd a bit more. But in this game, it just completely ruined Tyler Boyd. He just was no chance. Well, he three for 22. Uh, He just didn't get an opportunity after that because losing your starting quarterback in Burrow, it just threw off the entire game. I mean, we all had the over on that too. And I can remember the one target he got in the second half. Oh, that was a sad moment to watch it get incomplete. Yeah. That was sad. So we all, we all take one in the neck there. Baltimore coming into the week 10th against wide receiver. I bet you they're not as high as 10th against wide receiver now. I bet you they're even more miserly. But, mate, you are super passionate about your tight end, and I'm going to back the oh. fuck up and give you the space you need here because you were this guy's McHusband last week. It, <laughs> what's hilarious, right, is... The for the lot like just for the general public, they would have probably looked at, at his at his finishing line and obviously it was higher than the line when he set and went, Yeah, you got it. You're right. If anything, I was a slightly disappointed because I could not have been higher on him. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it was just a situation that I thought was perfect for him. He was coming off 130 odd yards the week before the matchup against the Texans. They I think I was second last against the tight end position Correct. in fantasy. It it just felt like all the, you know, all the stars were, you know, lining up for him. It just was a great situation. He goes and gets five for 43. Honestly, in the tight end landscape, that's actually not a bad game. And obviously, putting just over the 8.5 line we had, I was just hoping for a bit more. I was just hoping for a bit of a breakout game for him from Trey McBride. But in the end, it was still enough to help people out there that were streaming the tight end position. Because if they got a 9.3, I don't think they'd be hating it. I mean, you probably didn't finish tight end four, to be honest, with the line yeah, like exactly. that. <laughs> <laughs> Not something, like I said, it would only have been me that would felt that disappointed because, like, when you're so high on a guy um, for all those reasons, you just are sitting there hoping for an absolute massive game. And really, it was probably stupid to think that out of a tight end, but it was just one of those things I felt like the stars were aligning. Manjot had this wonderful statistic about a tight end for the Cardinals with 100-yard games. Do you remember that one, Manjot, off the top of your head? I know I'm... Yeah, since 1989. That happened until the week before last as well. And McBride broke it. So So, if that incident had had a baby the day it happened, that baby would be Taylor Swift. And uh, that's how long it's been since that has happened. (laughs) Taylor Swift was the marker. Um, So there you go. Again, just have to plug some Taylor Swift because that's what the NFL is all about. Classic. Manjot, oh, got that Taylor talk drop, by the way. Get oh, bring it in. <laughs> yeah, put it in right there. So, Manjot gets three out of four with you, Dr. Good Call. He now moves, get this, he had 24 correct selections before the week started, moves up to 27. Matty C with a bare bone, just one from Jerome Ford. The gap's now five, Manjot. You're more than a week ahead of me. 
in Dr. Good Call now at 27 to 22. So hats off to you, mate. Well done. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Very, very happy, you know, that I'm ahead of something right now. After <laughs> what happened starts of the week last week, we'll talk about it in the show after this. But, yeah, it's going to be real hard to catch up there. But at least I'm winning something, boys, yeah. this year. Surely I get a trophy, right? You do. Man? You do. We'll we'll find one of my old bowling trophies or running trophies or something, and I'll, I'll bring it around to you. <laughs> it's good to see Maddie can't even win a two-horse race. Can't even win the thing the tailor's not in. No. <laughs> no chance. No chance. Mate, what I need is a competition where it's just me. That's what I need. This is that's how I do it at running. Because I'm a precious little flower and I'm very talented. My mum's always said so. <laughs> I believe it in my own brain. <laughs> Are you going to doubt my mum, Tay? No. I really should. I, I was dissing my mum on the show a couple of weeks ago. I can't even remember what I said, but Manjot was like, don't do your mum like that. Yeah, okay, fair no. enough. Shout out, Mama C. Yeah. That poor lady. She's a tortured soul. <laughs> let's move on to the, while we're on the topic of that, let's move on to some bad medicine. <laughs> so, oh, tortured souls. Mate, cracking week for a couple of players to and drop in. I love when you do this. You dropped in two. And I think there was a lot of sense in what you did with the two you took. Uh, you want to run us through who they are and why? Yeah, well, I took Jordan Addison uh, up against that Broncos um, defense because sometimes I, it's one of those things you got to look at trends and, and Denver had been really, really good against wide receivers for a while, but that was still coming up as an okay matchup because that was so bad in the first two or three weeks that uh, a lot of people might've looked at a full year scope and just thought, Oh, he's fine. Like he, he'll come up and, you know, have a, have a decent matchup against Denver, but I didn't see it that way. And I, if anything, the, the call actually got hurt a little bit by Justin Jefferson, not playing, because then, if anything, like a lot of mine was based off, you know, sort of Justin Jefferson playing. But even when that happened, I still was fine. I, I still never wavered because uh, I had him in two leagues and I didn't play him in either. I, I, I stuck by it. Uh, but I, I just worried. I, I thought that in this matchup, it was going to be a lot of Hawkinson. Uh, Denver is still horrendous against tight ends. Uh, you even saw, was it Oliver that scored the touchdown? Like, yeah. even though Hawkinson wasn't yeah. a ridiculously good, they were still terrible against the tight end position in general. Uh, so a lot of it went there. Um, you know, there's even KJ Osborne. There was just a lot of different guys I still thought uh, would have an opportunity in this game. And I really thought that the Vikings would run the ball a lot um, because Denver is terrible against the run. Uh, and it was cl- and it was true. Like, they ran the ball a lot with Chandler and Madison, and there just wasn't a lot for Addison there. So I was really, really happy with the call. I think a lot of people would have still been starting Addison. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty happy with, with telling people to fade him. Yeah, 100%. And that comes up in the wash too because even though you don't have the JJ return to line up and Hawk doesn't have a big day... 7.4 is not what you're looking for. Four and four rhymes, by the way, and you know it. Um, so very proud of myself for coming up with that. Um, so big tick. Ticks everywhere, mate. Yep. Yeah, no, I was definitely happy with that one. He just but, wasn't involved really at all. Now, I don't know if this guy's much better than Jalen Warren or not, but you were talking about Pacheco on the other <laughs> half of this. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was an interesting one, right, because he only scored 10.10. So... You know, that's kind of like right on the line of of what you're looking for in these fades. It was one of those ones, though, that even before you and I talked about it, Matty, I was very much on the side that I would consider it a miss because he actually looked great. (laughs) If you watch that game, he was probably the Chiefs' best player. He 
they they went to him a lot. Obviously, the rain probably dictated a bit of a, a you know so a bit of an extra running sort of style for both teams. But uh, Pacheco actually looked great. He he busted off a lot of big runs, and uh, even though this Eagles team is number one against the running back position, he seemed to find holes in that defense. And yeah. I know he had a really big run really early in the game as well. Uh, it sort of set the tone for the game. So, obviously, he didn't do a lot in the passing game, which he doesn't normally do anyway. Yeah, weirdly, um, hey. Yeah, I, I just thought he looked good. Like, I, I really felt like the Chiefs needed him. And even though, again, it's it's not going to go down as a big miss for me, like, you know, 10.10 is, wasn't something was going to really help everyone a lot. But he just looked good in the game. It was probably one of those ones where I would have expected him to probably be a bit worse than he was. So I'm, I'm happy to call that a miss. But in the end, it's not something I'm, you know, terribly worried about, you know, you know, saying something, everyone to fade a guy that got 10.10 points. Yeah, I mean, one of those things where, yeah, it, just given his usage, it could have been much higher. Yeah, it could yeah. have just been so much more. So, it was probably lucky to be stemmed to 10. But, um, yeah, just, it was such a weird game, too, that they were in a position where they led for so long, it made sense to be giving him the ball. He got 19 carries or something like that. But um, then for it to slip away at the end, it's just kind of weird. Once the tush-push got used once, all of a sudden, everything's going to change in that game. But but that's a good day gridiron conversation. We're on to week 12. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Obviously, the hope when you're taking uh, Big Cock Rock is... He flops that thing out, and he and most of the touchdowns <laughs> go to him, and not just on the get on the ground with obviously CMC or Elijah Missile. <laughs> he just unrolls it like it's a fire hose. Yeah, rolls that thing out. We're on to week twelve, and mate, I am fucking keen as mustard to get the good medicine for week twelve, mate. Absolutely, and I've got a I've got another little special sort of game in in one of my sections. It's not going to be for the whole thing like I did with the quarterback. It's actually going to be one specific uh, position. Uh, I'm still going to give you at least one in all of them, uh, but there's one. Ooh. I'm going to group some in one of the positions, which is going to just make it an absolute nightmare for a graphic for Matty C, which you know right. I like to just, I like to cause chaos as as we all know. So. Uh, I'll start with the quarterback position, and and I just wanted to give this guy a shout out. I know I've real, I know um talking to Taylor, uh, you know, which I don't like to do. Uh, yeah, I know no. he's oh. had, I know he's uh, had him on his list and starts <laughs> of the week a fair bit. Never really <laughs> went with him, but I think this guy deserves a shout out because he was like basically just ridiculed in the preseason by everyone but one Ian Tomlinson. It's Baker, Baker, not the turd maker. Uh, up against wow. who. It's funny, they're 12th against quarterback, uh, but generally their defense has been awful. There's been a lot of shootouts, especially when they play at home in that dome. Uh, and he's only 18% started. I just wanted to give him a shout-out. He's quarterback 15 or 16, depending on your, you know, what, what platform you're in. But he's actually been very good. Like, he's facilitated, obviously, Mike Evans great. Like, they, they sort of pair very well because Baker actually has really good stats at throwing the deep ball. It's actually the intermediate routes that he's actually a bit worse at. Uh, he seems to actually sort of air it out a bit for, for Mike Evans, and that's why you've seen sort of Godwin struggle with him, but Mike Evans has been great. Uh, but honestly, I just don't really see Indy stopping Tampa much at all, and I don't really see Tampa stopping Indy much. I think it's going to be a bit of a shootout, and I think, I think Bake is in a in a really good position in this game. I'm not terrified by either defense, and that that's that's always fantasy gold. So yeah, I wanted to give Baker a share. He's actually been 
more than fine for fantasy this year. Uh, and like he's clearly a streaming option and someone that not a lot of people would be that confident in. And I'm saying he should be this week. Wow. I know a bloke who started him starts of the week a couple of weeks ago and got about 19 out of him. But then yeah. if you turned around and tried the same caper the next week, it would have scored you like eight. So it's just, he's, yeah. he's pretty up and down, but this is why he's a, wide, uh, a quarterback too. Kind of funny that he's over the course of the year, such a, a mid quarterback too. So weird. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I just think he's been far better than honestly I would have expected. I, I kind of just thought he was going to hinder this offense, and he, you know, he didn't. Even, he was struggling to even get the quarterback job in, in the preseason, and then he won it uh, over Trask, and and it just hasn't never really even been a conversation of whether they're going to go to him all year. Honestly, I was like, have you no. guys heard one thing about them possibly going away from Baker during the years? No. No. Honestly, I think he's been never. fine. Haven't heard anything about Trask in a while. The last thing I heard about Trask was me saying how unfortunate it is that his last name is so close to the word trash. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's when you write his name in on on a phone and actually was going like it was autocorrecting to trash. (laughs) (laughs) It's like Blake Bortles and Bottles. Blake Bottles. And the difference between bottling something and bottling something is is vast. But it's just kind of cute that those two, yeah, with Trask and Trash. Uh, yeah, that's about the only time I mentioned him all year is once I've made that connection. All right, boys. For your game, I'm going to set the line of 15.5. Oh, who wants to go first on this one, man? Are you going to push me into going first or do you want to go first? Uh, I'll take the line. I'll take it on. Yeah? I'll go with um, over. I think he's just going to hit it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over to... I think, yeah, you've done enough to twist my arm. I'm surprised. I, I had a feeling at least one of you were going under on that, but I, that's why I, yeah, I was very bit, tempted. I set the line a little bit lower. Like, you know, I've had some ones that have set it like 17.5, whereas Baker is one that I think really, like, almost fits this too well. Like, as in, he's definitely one that's on people's waiver wires and 100% a streaming option. And I think just, I think, I think anyone would be happy in a four point. Uh, passing touchdown league if they got more than 15 and a half out of him. So I thought that was a good line. Yeah, 100%. And when you had him in that all-quarterback segment two weeks ago and he did score that 19, well, you know, it took a bit of work for him to get there. So I think the line is probably really solid. And I, I don't know, man, just said he was iffy about it. And I can't say that I was hitting that with a whole heap of confidence. But at this point, I'm chasing too. So I probably just need to go with my gut. Yep, absolutely. Five behind. All right. Running back position, boys. And this is someone we've definitely brought up already. It is Jalen Warren uh, up against the Bengals. 17th against the running back position. I just want this to be a bit of a PSA of people who have been worried to play him just obviously because he's essentially the backup, but then kind of isn't. He kind of got named the starter, but then it was still Najee getting the first carry. It was was sort of a really weird uh, situational problem there. Do you think he knows what start means? Yeah, I don't know. I think he was like doing it as like a thing to sort of boost him up or something like that. It didn't seem like it was 100% real, but he's he's getting at least half the work now, and that's all you really wanted. The problem was you just didn't want him getting the pure backup role. You didn't want him getting like four carries a game and seeing Najee take 15 or something like that. It seems like it's basically became an even split. 
And that's what you want out of Warren because you don't want him to have a stupidly high workload because you want him to have that huge yards per carry, but you want him to be still getting something over, say, 10. You want him at least getting half the the load, and that's what he's getting now. And he just looks amazing with it. You know, huge touchdown run last week um, up against the Bengals who are below heart. Like, they're, they're, they're on the lower side, 17th against running back position this week. Uh, sorry, this year. I, I just think it's all systems go. And honestly, I I know I have him in a dynasty and I'm pl- – uh, sorry, I have both of them, I mean. I have Najee and Warren. I think the time is now to actually play Warren. I, I actually think he's the better play moving forward. I, I still think you can play Najee in, in decent matchups, but yeah. I'd rather be playing Warren if you had the choice. Uh, and he's still on – he's 50% started, so definitely fits this criteria and – it's the kind of thing that maybe from this week onwards, he'd probably be out of this sort of segment uh, because I think he could have another great game and I think people will be more confident. It'll just mean Naji is in the segment. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, I think people will start to, to start the turn. I'd be I like, well, though, what do we do? Yeah. I guess if Naji has enough work, though, and has an okay game, like let's say he jags a touchdown, uh, and has like 60 yards, but there might be an ob- a situation where they are both getting started too much. Uh, it could almost be like a, let's call it a very discounted Gibbs and Montgomery situation. Wow. <laughs> uh, where where <laughs> they're both discount. started over, they might be like both like 65% started. Um, so but weird. There, there is an opportunity for that to happen, especially if the offense gets a bit better with, without blame Canada. So weird, though. Six rushing touchdowns between these two backs, three each. So weird. Yeah. He just he has the juice. It's like a very much like a Zeke and Pollard situation from last year. Like one's clearly got the juice and the other's just sort of been used as a battering ram. Yeah, I was about to learn Chinese. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might as well if you're going to New England. Who's, oh, God, they stink. Okay, so what's our line on this one? I'm going to go nine and a half. 9.5. Against Cincinnati in a game where you think they might lead and you might just be pounding the rock for the whole second half because you've got a decent defense. I'm going to go the over. Oh, yeah, this one's high, yeah. honestly. Yeah, Jalen Warren, man. I'm, I'm not sure entirely about him in this situation at the moment. I think I'm going to hit the over on this one Ooh, as well. Okay. I think, I think they're going. Dr. Good call. Yeah, we're all staying, staying solid with the doc. Do Man, Josh just doc. sees that I'm on fire. He just sees that I'm, I'm you know, NBA GM rules. Yeah, 100%. Percent. He's like, oh, this guy's getting 75 to 80% right every week. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> hopping on. Okay, why not? Yeah. I'm just going to win the segment against Matty C. Yeah. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Is that the song? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't right, do it as well as Taylor does. No, nah, no, nah, no one. No one does singing as good as that guy. I'll give him one compliment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's not making the cut. The I'm, I'm editing that out. <laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, <laughs> so, boys, I'll try and rattle through this part a bit quicker, just be only because this is the sort of game I had mentioned uh, or foreskinned a bit before. Uh, I'm calling Ooh. it a rookie rampage. So, I've, I've got four guys, <laughs> and they're all clearly, obviously, rookies. So I'm going to group them together as one over-under. But I just really like all four of them this week. So uh, I've got Jaden Reed up against the Lions from the Packers, uh, who are 21st against wide receiver. He's only 19% started. 
Uh, I just think he's almost been used in a bit of a like mini Debo role at the moment. Like obviously getting rush attempts and uh, and he and he looks great in the air. So uh, I've got him first. Um, I've got Josh Downs uh, up against Tampa because I really don't think that Tampa defense can stop a wet fart. Uh, and he's had two weeks. He's had a couple of weeks to regroup. He had a bit of an issue injury-wise, and now he's had time to regroup, and it looks like he's fine. So yeah. he's sixteen. He's only sixteen percent started still. JSN uh, up against the Niners, and to be honest, the only place that the Niners seem to be even slightly vulnerable, and I don't think it's really a vulnerability. I think it's just a necessity because they're just unbeatable on the ground and then teams are always behind and they have to pass. But they're 26th against wide receiver uh, and he's 28% started. You've also seen uh, Metcalf and Lockett both be banged up. So if either of those guys don't play, it's even better for him. But even if they do, he seems to still be involved. So, yep, he's my third. And Zay Flowers uh, at the Chargers. Uh, The Chargers are second last against wide receiver. Uh, he's a bit high. He's at 51%, but I still think people are still a bit iffy on him. But I think with Mark Andrews going down, uh, I think there's an opportunity for the whole uh, Baltimore receiving wide receiving core to take a step forward. So, yeah, there's my four-pack. I'm going to set the line. I was sort of going through this in my head. Like an 8.5 roughly would obviously get it to, you know, 34, I think it is. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I was just going to add one. I was going to go 35.5 for the four together. 35.5, a cumulative line. Woof. So, Jaden Reed, Josh Downs, JSN, and let's just call him J Flowers to make sure they've all got J first names (laughs) as well. That'll be fun. I think why I added one too is like because when the more that you're sort of packing together, it just gives you more and more opportunity for one of them to go off. And then all of a sudden, if one got 20 odd, it actually would make that line too much. So I just thought I'd add one on top just to sort of at least try and make the the call a little bit sort of bolder, I guess. But yeah, that's why I thought I'd just. Any of them could just drop a three. That's the other thing, right? Yeah, that's that again. That's the same. The same thing. If you get a couple that go really low, then you're really screwed. So I was like, I just thought thirty-five point five was at least a line that you guys would discuss. If it was any higher, you probably would have smashed under. And if it was much lower, you probably would have gone over. Like I thought that was a good spot. It's tantalizing. Oh. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I was expecting Addison to be here on a redemption tour when the doctor. You know, coming back from the fades, he'd be going in and then getting into this segment. But I love this narrative. Yeah. I love this. Go with it. Oh, this one's tough, honestly. Though I reckon, I reckon I'd go. Just try and think of like what's an average like Doctor Good call wide receiver score at the moment. It's like around ten points mm-hmm. per game for his wide receivers. So I think I'll go over just because there's a potential for for that sort of thing, for it to be over 10. That was a random number I put there. It's probably like 13 points per game or something. Can't remember what the Dr. Google like wide receiver averages are, but I think it's a little bit more than 10. So I'm going to go with the over. Fuck. You're, you're taking the over, aren't you, man, Joe? Yeah, so you're yeah I took the over. So chasing down. <laughs> Three in a row overs. God, I, I'm, I'm going to play... The advocate of doom here, and just go the under. Just give it a give it a little tickle. Well, okay. gamesmanship. If you want to chase Manjot down, who cares if you lose by a hundred? You might as well try and chase him down. Yeah, and I mean, I know a fair bit's got to go right for someone like you know JSN. If everybody's there, 
it's harder for him, especially against a great defense, even though they've just lost. Kalfunga's probably gone for the year now. Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with under. Yep. Oh, and I'll good. shorten up my description about why so people aren't bored and falling asleep. Go on the under. Manshot, screw you. Um, you're taking the over. I'm going the under. <laughs> you, me, car park. Let's go. Let's sort this out like nature determines. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 50 cuffs at dawn. <laughs> All right, tight end. I am going to take one David Njoku uh, up against Denver. And to be honest, this is kind of one of those ones where a week ago I wasn't really that keen on him because, you know, the fact that they were going to the rookie, it didn't really give me any sort of reason to, to like any of the pass catches. But after watching DTR in his first game, he gave him 15 targets and I think it's clear that he's just got an area of the field that he's okay with. And this is the issue I mentioned for Amari Cooper is that he doesn't seem to be great at throwing long, but he seems great at throwing that like 10 to 12 yard area. And that's where Njoku is just going to constantly be. And because Njoku, I think I even brought him up in the preseason, like he's he's a bit of a specimen. Like if he's the kind of guy that could take one to the house, like he's not a a catch and dive to the ground tight end. He's actually really physically gifted. So he could, if he's getting 15 targets, like any of those can be taken to the house. So he, he he's actually a really good player and he gets an unbelievable amount of great tight end matchups moving forward. Yeah. So he might even be, if anyone's out there in a league that you still can do trades, like I actually think he's not a bad trade because he could be a throw-in. Like, he's the kind of guy at tight end position, especially. He doesn't have these amazing numbers. I think he's like tight end 12 or 13 on the season or something. He, he's someone that you might even get as a throw-in on the end of a trade uh, that people aren't actually looking at as some huge asset. But I think he's got amazing matchups coming forward. I haven't even talked about this matchup yet. It's against Denver, and they're last against tight end. Um, they basically get torched at tight end and on the ground. And like I said, 15 targets last week started just over 50% of the league. So I, I think Njoku's in for a great time, honestly, with DTR. I think he's going to be his main target. I mean, I copped a little bit of shit for signing him last week and got told, oh, oh and Dutchie with a 10-foot pole from my mate Taylor. So that guy right. does no shit from assholes. But, but anyway, um, <laughs> and, and that I'm like, oh, yeah, my other guy was Komet. And he's like, yeah, you should go Komet. Well, oh, fucking... Take it. Take it. That 12 points from Njoku, actually not a bad week for him. And a tight end, 12 points will get you a long way in terms of like how you finish in the position. That's a tight end for a week for, for actuals. I'm not just joking about it like I was with, uh, with McBride earlier. But that he had such a significant snap percentage. He was on the field for the second most snaps of the entire year for him and, and all those targets. But GDTR made a top 10 defense against tight end look really vulnerable in the middle and it was just he had took his time made his reads hit the brakes and Joku was good enough to just be in the right spot a lot he only hauled in half of them which is fair enough a rookie quarterback's not necessarily going to be as accurate as you might like and seven for 56 isn't like you know not a lot of depth to some of these passes either but it's just encouraging to see that it's there absolutely if anything DTRs you'd think would get better as time went on too like he's a you know, sort of unproven rookie. So whatever time he gets out there is only going to help him. But um, yep. I still don't think it's all of a sudden going to mean he's going to be better at, at deep ball or anything like that. I think he's just going to fight his guy and he's just going to keep peppering him. I reckon Manjot's going to go the four straight overs again. Oh, yeah. it's tough. 
I'm actually I'm actually contemplating this one. Yeah, I was really considering under because tight end, but I'm gonna take the over. Only just. Yeah, I think he's just going to get over it. What was the line had, again? I was going to say, I don't think I said a line yet. Uh, yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, what's the line? Uh, <laughs> four. He's going to make the line four, so now you win. <laughs> 67. Uh, no, I'll go. I, look, I, I've actually got a bit of confidence in him in this matchup. I'm going to go 8.5. Yeah. Oh. What does yeah. that do to your call now, man, Jot? Now that is interesting. Yeah, I would I say seven, but I'm like, I reckon he'll find that too easy. I think the eight point five is a little bit better. I'm going to call my shot now because I, I realize it's my turn to go first. So I'm going to take the over, even on eight point five. Yeah, I think I'm going to take the over as well. Okay. Still, I was expecting a line of like nine point five, and I'd still take the over only just there. So oh, okay. I reckon, <laughs> yeah, that that was very weird. I thought you said nine point five, like, and before you even said a line. So yeah, I, I I was definitely banking on something pretty reasonable. So yeah, I'm going to go with the over here. Ooh, okay, so we're both on the over with Baker at Indianapolis. We're both on the over with Jalen Warren home to Cincinnati. The four pack of wide receivers. It's. Jaden Reed against Detroit, Josh Downs against Tampa Bay, JSN against the 49ers, and Flowers against the Chargers. A combined line, 35.5 points. Manjot's going up. He's taking the over. I decided I would diverge. I'm taking the under. But then Njoku against Denver. Last against tight end, 53% started. 8.5 is the line. We're both on the up and up. Doctor, we need some fantasy fades. Yeah, and look, I've gone for just the one this week. Uh, I, I've, I've targeted running back a fair bit, so I've went, I went away from running back this week. Uh, I have gone a wide receiver, and it's incredibly topical given what we just talked about with David and Joku, and I am going to take a Murray Cooper as my fantasy Ooh. fade this week. And it very much is just off eye test of what I saw out of the quarterback DTR last week. And it's, it's a mixture of too many things for me to dismiss. It's a mixture of that, of the fact that he was targeting David Njoku so much, so much and he doesn't really seem to have a deep ball that's going to allow Cooper to have any sort of big stats. But it's also what I've seen out of Denver's defense. Denver are just locking in on defending the wide receiving position and they're basically just giving up on defending the running back position in the tight end. It's... It's such a weird sort of funnel to those two positions that I just think Amari Cooper is in for just basically the worst possible matchup this week. And it's just not going to meld well with his quarterback either. So I think the over-under is horrendously low in that game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I really don't think... I, I'm, I've got Amari Cooper in a lot of leagues. I, I really hope I'm wrong on this one. This really isn't one where I'm, I'm basing it off the fact that I'm against this person or anything like that. It's very much one that I don't want to have to bring him up as a fade for my own personal situation. But I, I just think that's, there's too much happening that, that makes me think that he's a bad play this week. Weirdly, at 34 yards last week, that's only his third worst performance for yards. He's just had a horrendous year in terms of what's been in front of him. It's just, it's just been hard to trust. It's four I think weeks over ninety, this. and three yeah. weeks under thirty-five. It's pretty rough. Three weeks under forty. So he's kind of really been Jekyll or Hyde, not a lot in the middle. Yeah, 
Maddie, you'd be hear- happy hearing that, though. You have a water bet against us with him. Oh, mate, yeah, and I'm not going to gloat at all because I'm really fucking classy. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we all say. Yeah, yeah. Maddie class. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, Maddie yeah, that's class. what Yeah. Yeah. 100%. 100%. That, that yeah, would not be my MO at all. And some people take the CL away. <laughs> many, many do. <laughs> many, many have. <laughs> Taken a lot away, in fact. Uh, look, Denver are top 10 against wide receiver, and, and you mentioned just that that's kind of something that they, they do is that they uh, they really press you down there and try and make you find any other way. You can't go around the edges. You just go up the middle. Um, and, and honestly, too, I think it's just I, I wasn't full of trust for Amari Cooper in the first place, but as a receiver, when you know that your, your quarterback is – you don't have a heap of confidence in your quarterback. That's really tough. Man, have you been through that position before as a wide receiver too, where you just know you're going to be running routes and the ball's probably not coming your way much? Yeah, uh, I go through that quite a bit. Yeah, I've seen that. It's deflating, right? It's really deflating yeah. because then the ball comes your way and because it hasn't come your way terribly much. It just it, As a wide receiver, it's such a confidence position that you want the ball early, you want it often. The more good contact you make with the ball early in the game, the bigger you grow in the game. And I just feel like it's going to be opposite for Cooper and maybe for the whole rest of the year. Yeah, and he's going up against Patrick Sertan, who's one of the best corners in the league as well. So he's probably getting locked up somewhere in prison. Yeah, probably. All right, Amari Cooper, off to Alcatraz for you, mate. Um, And I think we all kind of agree that that's an excellent fade. If you've got the opportunity to still get a trade done to get him off your roster... Do you think, Doctor, you're willing to take some cents on the dollar? Yep, absolutely. Uh, I'd mentioned last week I'd done one for Tyler Lockett. Uh, I just thought he had a better path forward um, than, than Amari Cooper for the rest of this year. I, I just think he's in tough situations. I still think there's going to be some matchups that are still going to open up for him, but the ceiling just isn't there with DTR. That's the problem. Like, you really needed. I know Watson wasn't a world beater this year, but he still supplied Amari Cooper with a far better ceiling. And uh, it, I just don't think it's there at the moment. I think there's just other areas that Cleveland are trying to win the game in. So, yep, I just think he's my fantasy fade this week. Wow. I think we'll have to get some Amari Cooper, Amari Pooper stuff in the merch store if this continues. So uh, watch this space. The merch store, the link is in the uh, the show notes, wherever you found us here. Click that. It'll take us to the link tree and you'll find our merch store on there. Uh, we need some Dr. Goodcore stuff on that as well, mate. You need to start saying some really iconic things. <laughs> yeah. Can you do um, that? Yeah. Absolutely. I'm nothing but a – I've been holding back too much, Matty, so I'm really sorry. I'm starting to think think we might make a uh, a natural disasters uh, category just for all the excuses why Taylor's not here on the Saturday (laughs) show for half the time. (laughs) Uh, So watch this space. Uh, The marketing is coming. They're totally all real. 100%. Mate, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. You should check out the news. If you're not from these shores, uh, the news over here is a wild watch, especially in the fig tree area. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Big Tree needs its own news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big Tree News. Own little local regional Taylor's news the station. Ank- <laughs> Towers the anchor. Can you imagine that too? Him standing out in like, you know, this massive hailstorm with the wind blowing sideways and trees getting uprooted yep. and he's just watching it all happen around him. <laughs> like, I can just imagine yeah, him being probably like, be with the trees with his height. And him being like, well, it's T-shirt weather. Why the fuck's everyone so worried? <laughs> just slip yeah, that flat, guy does, run, soft that guy does run hot. <laughs> oh, fuck, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Doctor, thank you so much. Of course, you catch the Doctor here every Saturday. Uh, and for the mailbag segment, which we kick off at the start of the show, never too late to get your mailbag question in. we still got one more show this week for the Sunday, and you can get that in through at Pastry Press NFL on Instagram. Of course, through at Aussie NFL Fantasy on Instagram. You can even come at me, at Maddie Podcast. I'm there, and I'll, I'll take them as well. Uh, we get around about a half a dozen a week, which we like to read on the show. So uh, please, get them in. We'd love to help. And if it doesn't get read on the show, we'll still help you online anyway. Doctor, thank you so much. Good luck this week, mate. Thank you. And I hope I can help anyone out here, out there with any sort of decisions on players they're unsure about. So that's what the whole segment's for. And good luck to everyone out there in their fantasy leagues. Ciao. Ciao. And we'll all be back tomorrow for a bit more mailbag. Start of the week. Cannot wait for that. Uh, so I'll see you guys all then. And hopefully you'll come and join us all then too. Hooroo, everyone. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. You might cut my mic. I'll just try and get as many words in before I do. Uh, (laughs) Might be learning Chinese and French and Japanese at this point because those are the only places I'll accept him. He's the most hated man in America. Aussie? Blame Canada. They're not even a real country anyway. But yeah, I'm not dropping the Herbert for like no. decisive shit. NFL. I, are you yeah. a little nervous about what I'm going to do to your seat, <laughs> Nah, I've, I've reached like multi-million dollar offers at this point, so. Fantasy. Like Ooh, I Jim. don't know, Jim. I don't know about that one. He's doing a Tony Romo. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm trying. This is the Aussie NFL fantasy show. He, he was just supplying birds out there. Look, here's a turn. Right. Here's a turn. He's probably getting locked up somewhere in prison.